Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Frank Saravalli, and you're watching Nasty Knuckles. Listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Derek Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What's happening, SD? What's up, Rigorelli? Are you vibing over there? I'm vibing. You and Chilling. D-Bow just vibing. Always. Ah, Primal vibe. That's what it's called. Yeah. What a night last night. It was. A little five iron action? Yeah. Your game? How's your back? My back's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is the one hurting, probably carrying me for the two holes I tried to play. I was red rotten. I didn't understand it. Finally, Baller figured out you could change your club selection, yeah. which didn't really help me in the, in the long Pretty run. Pretty important variable to know what club it we're using. Probably is, even though I was using the one I thought I should use on a golf course. Is that what it was shanking right? Uh, no, that was just me shanking right. But uh, <laughs> great time, though. Appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, they came to see us at Five Iron Garage Beer, man. Awesome. Appreciate them setting that up. Saw some some buddies. And, yeah, uh, some, Indigo Dispenser. Yeah, Indigo. Up, yeah, supporting. appreciate that. Yeah, big support from them. A lot, a lot of. Lot, I did, they must have closed the store because it looked like the whole the whole crew. Was everybody there. was there. Yeah, it was great seeing everyone. Man, it was a lot of fun. Um, so appreciate everyone that came out. Yeah, had some fun. Watch Riles swing the club. It's pretty rough looking. Actually, it wasn't too bad. Wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'll tell you what, though, Debo. Whew, <laughs> he might hit pretty good yeah there you go pretty good um no nah, we had a blast yeah good spot yeah, yeah great i don't know what spot. to expect the first time there i didn't realize that's exactly where it was because we go to the fillmore a lot for concerts and i don't know how i didn't see it before it's tucked but away Nass. it's tucked away but it's awesome place awesome yeah place. super neat um stadium series yeah, still recovering, Ooh, still you're, thawing. You're thawing out a little yeah. bit, I understand. Um, we had a great time. Can't thank Joe enough, fans of Philly. Uh, man, like nine or ten bus loads was awesome. We were bus A. Bus A. Dash one. Dash one. Things got out of control now. Things got out a little out of control. Baller. Baller. <laughs> could barely put a sentence together by the time we were finished. I'm just kidding. He wasn't that bad, but that leap onto the table or lack thereof i think he baller, baller you might want to throw that you slow that quick. slow that down and go to the footage here because i think he, <laughs> oh, i, I think don't know he, we if there's a way maybe we could like make it I'm look sure AI like baller can make, could, yeah, yeah like baller could do it he's good he's good there. with that stuff but uh no um great tailgate can't thank all the, all of our friends and and people we met um there's so many coming from all over the place actually you yeah know, like it was a big, skating up to solid us, crew you know, yeah like, but uh what, what a turnout it was it was a lot of fun it was cold as well 
Got to thank Howie for doing a shot of Fireball with me. Uh, it was a little bit bigger shot than I thought, and I had forgot that I had done it. Oh, man, way. warmed you up. Well, it probably did, but um, we had a blast, man. It was, it was so much fun until the game started. Uh, the, the game wasn't what we were hoping for. Flyers didn't really have a great showing, um, but uh, so much fun. Again, thank Joe from Fans of Philly and, yep. and everyone that came, and it was it was awesome. It was an awesome yeah, time. Yeah, hell of a job. And I was saying earlier how crazy it got there. I was like, it took me a second there to, to remember where I was at. You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. a, it was like a college football game it of was. some sort. People jumping oh off God. the top ropes, just smashing their backs yeah. and shoulders. How about that one guy that tried to t- try to jump on the table with no crease in the middle and just dented oh, the side of it. Was he the one that took his shirt off or something? <laughs> well, yeah, and then, the, the, then that real thin, scrawny guy tried to oh, yeah. finish the job. And <laughs> tried just to finish like, the job. Just the, the, the thing we might move. have that on video oh, somewhere. Oh, my God. There was a great – someone sent me uh, uh, someone sent me a video of Baller after he jumped, and it looks great because he's laying there and the table's broken in half, but you didn't see the actual jump. Right. So it was it – was, I give him A for effort, though. Yes, his feet slipped. To be honest, I thought he had a you know better vertical leap than Debo, but I, after that, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think Debo might dunk on him, but it was fun. It was. It was a blast. Was we had a great time. time. It was. It was cold. Oh my gosh! But I guess you expect it to be. You're a little yeah. Toes. I thought I was toes. prepared, but I clearly wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I forget no. what the elements are like, man. I've oh, been man. soft since I've been living in the U.S. Well, and moved you, out of you the know peg. what Todd said to you? Yeah, he buried me six feet deep there <laughs> he gave it to you um also real quick philadelphia warriors oh yeah they were there that was awesome to see those guys a lot of them were there so a lot of friends we, we ran into it was a lot of fun it was can't wait till, till next one and in less than a month uh going prepared? to boston baby yeah i'm prepared pretty excited it's indoors. yeah me too march 15th through the 17th gonna sandwich our birthdays in there a birthday celebration with fans of philly yeah and the Bruins and makes Flyers. a lot of sense. It does to me. Drink, drink some green beer. Just a little taste. You have to. It's St. Patty's Day. I know you don't drink anymore, awesome but green herb. That's the difference. You could drink garage beer lime. <laughs> that's green. That's a good point. Green cans. Green cans. Yeah. So that's that's the beer to drink. Um, fast forward here a little bit to the next day of the Stadium Series game between the Rangers and the Islanders. Minute and a half in. Matt Martin says to Matthew Rempe, hey, first game, want a Tilly? Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I I, think I, that, I wouldn't have thought that's the way it went. Yeah, I saw the interview after, and he said, hey, kid, you want to you wanna go for your first shift? And he said, heck yeah. He's like, oh, yeah I guess when you're 6'7", six, six, 240, Can't say you no. got to reach. But uh, I was going to ask you about that fight. I know you saw it a few times. Like You you were in that situation. Now, Matt Martin's a huge guy, but – Six seven two forty. Obviously, that reach. What do you, what do you do? <laughs> How do you go about that? Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, a guy with a reach like that. You you dealt with that a lot, man. I mean, yeah. You said uh, Martin is is bigger than I am. You know, he's like six four. Yeah. He's lanky, uh, but he still probably has to have some bit of the same strategy as getting in in tighter, right? Yeah. I mean, you get a guy like that that strings you out. It's not a not a good position. No. Not, not a position you want to be in, but. Um, I thought it was a spirited bout, and yeah. uh, and like and again, kind of to to what you were talking about earlier, Martin asking Rempe to fight in his first NHL game, in his first shift. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool because um, I would have thought it would be the other way around. Yeah, I mean, for you're sure. lining up like let's go, and and Martin gives you a, a tilly, but um, 
I like it. You know, I, I, th- I still think that it's good for the game. You know, and people argue like stage fighting could be, you know, eliminated easily, but um, he's still got a guy trying to make a name for himself. Yep. Um, still got an older guy still trying to hang on to his role and his job too. Um, but the fans love it, you know, yeah. national telly like that. And, and, and you can get the, the, the building into it with a scrap right and, away. I mean, and, and, you know, like the Islanders have been playing great. They've played a little better yep. since, uh, Patrick was stepped in as a head coach, but Matt's trying to get Matt Martin's trying to get his team going, right? Like, yeah, let's go. And, and I think Patty I get, liked it. I think Patty loved it. Yeah, I think he likes the run. There. Yeah. I think he likes that Lou? stuff. Well, Lou always had tough guys. Man. <laughs> he did, yeah. Think, Lou's old school, man. Yeah, yeah, he's old school. I don't, I don't think he would mind it at all. And and you know, like I know what you said. It's like kind of a stage thing, but like in that case, it's like, hey, let's get the boys going. Oh yeah. You know, it's you know, like it's. I've not been right like, there with him. Yeah, hundred percent. So I thought that was really cool, and I yeah. just wanted to get your take on it because you you are always uh, kind of fighting the bigger guy. Um, yeah. Flyboys, their last seven, five, one and one. Not bad. A little bit of little bit of downer in that outdoor game that we were at. Yeah. Like we said, that just was a weird. I don't know yeah. if it's just. Well, you scored on thirty seconds in, yeah. and it's just a couple. Of, I don't know. Soft, say softer plays. That yeah. Breakdowns, I guess you could say. So, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have those nights. Yeah. You don't want them to be on. Sucks when it's like that. Yeah. Though. Big big buildups. Yeah. In the stadium series game, but it happens. They regrouped. Yeah, I mean the, the Devils. They were they were big two points for them. They were obviously chasing Flyers in the standings. We'll get into that later with our guests, but uh, um, you know it just wasn't their best performance. No, and I would never say they weren't trying because that team tries every night. Mm-hmm. But it just nothing was going right. Tip had a couple. Yeah, he wrecked. Boy, he could shoot. The oh ball. my gosh. Um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, they bounced back. They bounced back. Come back with a win. Yeah, it was greasy, night. right? Yeah. But it was a win. Not the prettiest game last night, but uh, beat Chicago in Chicago, three to one. You got to win those games, man. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Yarmir Yager. Wow. He got his number retired in Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, that was pretty cool. One of the best quotes was when he was giving his speech, and he said he'd like to thank his girlfriend, who doesn't remember when he played for the Penguins, but. Don't worry, I told her all the stories. <laughs> Place was going nuts. Yeah. She's too young. And you can tell his mom yeah, is great. asking her because she everyone's laughing and his girlfriend's laughing. And she's like, looks like she's saying, like, what's he saying? And she kind of explains. She's like, oh, mom's probably like, there's been a lot of you. Yeah. A lot of you younger women <laughs> that have dated my son. Um, Austin Matthews. He's not bad. 51 G's. You predicted 45, eh, Baller? <laughs> 45. <laughs> I think he's at 45. When like, you, no, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess last week. In but. 54 <laughs> games, bro. 51 uh, and 54 games. Not bad. She's not like bad. you. Well, yeah, I wish. With a Toby, maybe. Imagine if he had a Toby stick. Get 100. He'd probably have 100. By now. By now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> extra no. whip, extra release. Well, he needs oh, it. yeah. Coming off that. And the goalies wouldn't hear it. Is that what it makes? Is that the sound it makes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it, Rick. No, you don't think no, so? No, I don't think that's Rick. Well, the, the, <laughs> the Flyers had won four straight, went into Toronto, and Matthews decided to play for 10 minutes, scored three yeah, quick yeah. ones. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a big deal. Oh, um, but on. yeah, man, 51 and 54 games is crazy. You get it? He's. Did Baller say 70? Who said 70? 77. 70. That's what he's on I pace for. Said sixty nine. He's on pace for seventy four. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's crazy, man. Dude, he had a uh, didn't he have a Hattie the next night? The next game, 
Jeez. He can score. <laughs> he can score. I think. I think. Uh, you know. One of your old opponents and a buddy of ours, Donald Brashear, still tilling it up. I know uh, Baller put up a post yesterday. Can you believe 52 it? 52 years old, man. Well, thanks. I thought I thought the guy who was fighting was in trouble there for a second, but he ended up doing well. Yeah, he I think did. he called Brash the one, but uh, Brash, you know how strong he is. I don't, I don't care if he's 52 or not. Yeah, he's, still he's still strong. strong yeah. When he pulled him in. I thought he was getting sucked into uh, the, yeah. the vortex. Yeah. <laughs> the vortex. <laughs> You've been there. Oh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been in the vortex. It's not fun. And, uh, yeah, I had a little uh, PTSD there watching it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely had a flashback. I was like, oh, man, this guy's in some serious trouble, but... He got the right loose and he started did. unleashing, and he definitely got brash with a couple there. But I mean, can you imagine like four, 52 years old and scrapping in whatever Quebec league that is there? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that is that this actual scrapping league, or is, yeah, I, I could have sworn he told me he played in a in a different senior league there uh, that wasn't well, that. Yeah, I didn't talk to him about that when I saw him. I, I, but either way, either way, he fought, he and fought. it was a guy wanting to fight him. <laughs> Which is crazy. And there was another guy. I don't know if you saw the, clip, the, the the early part of that clip. There was another guy f- coming in to intercept that fight. He wanted oh, to fight Brash there God. too. And then the guy just like let it be because obviously the guy yeah, was, was already gamer. off. But yeah, like, I don't wow, know. crazy. I mean, it's, it is crazy. I don't know what else to think about it. I mean, hopefully he's getting paid. Would you well want to do that? You're, I would never want to do that. I'm a lover. You know that. Oh four and one. I retired. You're tired. Ever want to fight again? High school. <laughs> yeah, no, it was after I, one was after high school, but yeah, I'm retired from Tilly. Yeah, me I'll, too. I'll let you protect me. I don't know about that. You have to find some little. Well, obviously, when I got a little tougher, ran into the boards. You just sat on the bench. You all right, Nas? I thought you were Limping all back. nails and <laughs> off the ice. Nails. I can maybe nail the stick into my hand so I don't lose it. I can do that. Yeah. So, what do we got today? Got a big guest. Yes, we do. Coming up on the trade deadline time, oh, so we yeah. had to bring in our good friend. Some inside scoops, Nast. Yes, sir. You're not getting any from me. <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> so we got to go to the insiders. The insiders. We're ready to rock here, Nast. Let's do it. 148. Yes, 148. With our good friend, Frank Saravelli. Here we go, Nast. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Garage Beer. Check out their beer-flavored beer. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. And this week, we're super excited to have a good friend. And it's coming up on his real busy time of the year, trade deadline, coming up March 8th. Our good friend, host of Daily Faceoff Live every day, Mr. Frank Saravalli. What's up, buddy? How you doing, boys? Doing nice well, man. Yeah. Good Wonder- to be in the flesh. Yeah. yeah. Last time back. we did this on Zoom and you guys radioed me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. We're not going to bring that up, though. Here. Uh, That's all right. I mean, John Gibson's still playing, so it's on me. Nah. That's it. It is what it is, man. You hear things, you know? Like, I, I go with anything you say. You're one of the best there is, so. Yeah. Not all the scoops can pan out, right? Yeah. Not all of them. Can't be 100%. I was a tad aggressive in my wording, but I don't think it's any secret that... Not to go there again, but John, <laughs> John Gibson has wanted out of Anaheim for a while, so yeah. no real shocker or secret there. Yeah, they just sure. It's kind of go back to Roberto Luongo. My contract sucks. Well, like, you, you're making a boatload of money, it. but it's also keeping you locked in where you are. That's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I guess he didn't make the, the list this year. No, nah, he's not on the trade targets for <laughs> this year. I just figured, you know what, I'm better off just not saying anything about John Gibson, and yeah. we can just... 
yeah. whenever that happens, I'll just yeah, yeah. See, I told sure. you. I let so. you. Yeah, I, I let you guys know, but what, that's all. That's all right. That's right. Never told. Never said a time. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time. That's right. Well, I, yeah, Two, I think three, I did say years. may have played his last <laughs> yeah. game in yeah, Anaheim. Yeah. yeah. You said may have. Yeah. I, I, it's all. I, I've learned in this business some of the best stuff you can do is to couch, and to make sure that you leave yourself an out. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It's wise. I just didn't expect the old nasty knuckles to blow me up. That's all. <laughs> I don't know what happened. There. I don't either. Baller. I mean, it was also in the in the dead nuts middle of summer when nothing else is going on for me dead to get nuts. absolutely crushed. Dead nuts. <laughs> middle of summer. Not, it's no, not right. It was a dry no spell. No wonder we didn't yeah. hear from Frank for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, no shit. Had to think twice about years. coming here today. Yeah. <laughs> Repair the damage. You yeah. had to send a limo for Frank today. That's the way he was coming. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, quickly. Oh, uh, forgot to ask you earlier. We've been sitting here shooting the shit. Did, uh, did you go to the outdoor game? I did not. You did it not. looked okay. good, though. Yeah, it was cool setup. Really cold. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's toes are frozen. Oh, my God. I'm still, <laughs> still thawing out. Yeah. They couldn't get you guys a suite? Uh, the old nasty no, knuckle we were, suite? Uh, we were in right. section 300 there. Yeah, oh, you were up top? Oh, yeah, wow. but you could see it. Oh, yeah. Like they're cool. actually the, that's the secret about outdoor games. The higher up you are, yeah. the better off you are. Yeah, I, I, like the, I yeah, agree. I like the wind. You can see every other wind. I went yeah. to the one in Edmonton earlier this year. Took my guy. Oof. That was in October, though. Oh, okay. And it was... 10 degrees warmer than it was last weekend. Oh, okay. And it was like almost perfect hockey weather. Sun was still up just a little bit. And we were sitting like red, blue line in the upper deck. Nice. And it was perfect. So First row see. in the upper deck. Oh, blue yeah. line. oh that's real nice. It yeah, was great. Yeah. We were yeah. only, what, third row? We were right there. Yeah. It, it was it was a great view. I thought they did a great job with it. Oh, that's uh, for both games, honestly. But I wasn't at the second game. But 10 degrees warmer would have been nice, though. It would have been. Yeah. yeah. Where do you come out on um, the idea? I've seen a lot of people the last few days talking about making it every year. Let's do some Rangers, Devils, Flyers, Islanders. You know, oh. put all four of those teams together every year. Do it outside. Make a weekend four? of Why it. Why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, One the big place marketing. was sold out both days. Yeah. I mean, they got to be making money, right? Well, I think that's just the hard part is they've jacked the price up for tickets for these games. Right. That uh, you're Well, first off, you're also taking away home games from other teams. I, I think it's a long shot, but I like the idea because of the geography. Yeah. Right. There's not really another place in the U.S., even in Canada, that you could do it. That's where true. you get four teams like that right in a short, you know, maybe if you went like Buffalo, Toronto, Detroit, and Ottawa or something, maybe. But even then, it's not really the same. Like the fact that Flyers fans could drive home after the game, yeah, no doubt, was awesome. Yeah, maybe some shouldn't. Have. Yeah, right. well, that's <laughs> yeah, a whole sure. different. Story. We didn't put Baller in, in front of a wheel there that night. <laughs> no, but it, you're right. That's a that's a pretty cool idea, actually. Yeah, I guess if they're making, well, they can make money. They would probably do it, right? But. I guess if they have to keep jacking up ticket prices. Yeah. It's expensive, those home. outdoor yeah. games. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then the Flyers, I don't think, lost an outdoor game, but I think they had a commitment to sell a certain number of tickets. Oh, okay. Mm. So. Well, speaking idea. of the Flyers, what do we got in uh, trade rumors or anything you've heard? Uh, right now, and I don't know how quickly you guys drop your pods, so it's uh, always – Subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about couching. But um, I'm told uh, pretty quiet right now. Um, the Flyers continue to um, 
it's you know it's two thirty in the afternoon on the twenty second of February that you know the Flyers continue to talk. They try and um, I think they've had some preliminary discussions with Nick Sealer and uh, Sean Walker on extensions and what that might look wow. like. I think they've set a high price for Scott Lawton that if they get it, they'll pull the trigger. And if not, they're really happy to keep him. And I think outside of that, you know, if you're looking long-term view and plan of how this team should come together at the deadline, part of what they're thinking is we've way exceeded expectations. And in any normal year where we'd be trying to (laughs) unload guys, no matter what, we're in a position that we could keep them mm-hmm. if we don't get exactly what we're looking for. Like, why damage our own exactly. chances, culture, team, what we've built, if we're not going to be able to get something significant? Yeah, they're in a position of power. What's that What's that asking price for lots? Is it a first round? First round pick, yeah. yep. Yeah. And I think Straight probably, up that, probably yeah. just plus something else. Plus I don't know body. what it is, but... Yeah. So they are looking for first round. We kind of talked yeah. about that last week. I thought maybe because he was seems like a high commodity, like a lot of teams... I think here's the tough part about Scott Lawton is I think everyone agrees that he's a really nice piece and nice player, and he does a lot of different things. He, for a lot of teams that are playoff teams, he brings a different element. The fact that he's an elite penalty killer, um, that part I think really stands out. But I think what people are looking at is this is a somewhat thin trade market. So you've got um, Jake Gensel, who's north of a point per game. You've got you know, potentially some other guys that are out there, Jordan Eberly, pick other guys who are higher scoring forwards. And you say, okay, we love what Scott Lawton is, but if we only have one first round pick to trade, is it going to be for someone that may or may not impact your chances to win this year? And I know that he has mm. term left on his contract, but from the teams that I've talked to, that's part of their thought process. Like we'd love to have him, right. but because it is a high ask, we only have so limited assets to go around. If he's changing our Stanley Cup win chances by 1% or 2%, is that enough to justify the cost? Right. And I think a lot of teams are saying right now, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. it makes sense. And then we're hearing what Buffalo's maybe at the top of the list there too, which is not. I think even... they've had a couple non playoff teams uh, poke around. I think Buffalo is one. I don't have it confirmed, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ottawa would be another. I know yeah. they've got a bunch of centers that they like, but I'm sure Claude Giroux is in their ear saying, like, hey, this is this is the type of guy that we'd like to add. And I keep listening to their GM, Steve Steos, who says repeatedly, 200-foot player. I, yeah, right. I want 200-feet players, and that is Scott Lawton. That's it. That is, yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, Frank, if, if – It seems like he doesn't want to leave, by the way. Yeah. I know. And I that's don't... a really tough part is, like, He's been here a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And wants to stay. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. played more games in a Flyers uniform than Eric Lindros and wow. picked some other names. Yeah, that have been I know. It's pretty wild. Around a long time. He's been here a it's while. Crazy. Yeah. And, he, and he's kind of come into his own and developed into such a leader and, you know, just established such a niche for himself. Yeah. And it's um, like, like Frank said, like that year down. And we talked about I was before, actually going to ask you about that. Yeah. Changed, how much changed his career? How, what, like, I, I know having been around the team for a while at that point, he had played a hundred and some NHL games, including a full season the year before. What was the thought process to send him back to Lehigh Valley? It was to get as many minutes, quality minutes, as, as he could down there. Play every situation, just 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 play, get confidence, and, and come back up and, and hopefully find his, his role and, and find his game. 
and I, I'll say like he came down with an amazing attitude. I mean, he he was a leader. He came down, played every every situation, um, owned it, and obviously went back up and found his way since then. But I think it was probably to what you were saying earlier. Was the best thing that ever happened to him was coming down. But he couldn't have he couldn't have developed the way he has without the, the proper attitude. He was just he just owned his situation and. But not a lot of guys would do that. No, it's tough because you had first. I mean, obviously well, a first round. And you played two years, almost two years, right before that. With so the it's first round pick, but it's also. When he was leaving junior, he had a 40-goal season and 87 points. Right. And when you then get the first-round pick tag, I think you feel like you need to come in and be someone yeah. that produces at a high level offensively in the NHL where the truth is a lot of those guys that come in that can't do it, their career ends in three years or four years or five years because they're just, they can't adapt can't to playing adapt. a different role than what they thought they would be or what they thought expectations were. And that, it seems like that year changed everything for it, him. It did. It yeah. gave him 10 years. He went down for one and it gave him 10 more. Yeah, 100%. And even though he was playing power play situations, really the grunt of it was like just owning the defensive zone, face-offs, just being, a, you know, really finding that workhorse mentality. He was always a, a, already a workhorse, but just... Just really um, being accepting of the de the small details in that role, and then he he's landed up scoring and obviously just playing in in larger roles on the mm. team. But but I think it was like that two hundred foot game that he really took pride in, and he still to this day still owns right. I yeah. mean that's the crux of his game. So your videos when you get him and scare him, yeah, <laughs> he's such an easy target. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. got him a bunch of times, but last year he was here on deadline day and baller. Baller oh, guy. that was a guy. I saw that. Oh, oh, the only problem is you quoted the wrong insider. Yeah, we did. That's why he didn't take it serious. That's that why happens. he didn't take it serious. <laughs> if he knew it was Frank, he would have really yeah, started He would have started text, texting his <laughs> wife. And... He would have. That's a great call. Yeah. Um, Frank, I'd probably, well, I shouldn't say I know the answer to this, but if the Flyers do not move someone, would they look to get something if it doesn't cost them too much? Or? If it doesn't cost much, potentially, yeah. I think they could, you know, I think there's a few players out there that aren't going to be expensive. Um, like, I think of someone like a Joel Edmondson, and not saying the Flyers need that, but, like, I'm going through my list in, in my head of players that are available that are pending free agents, don't have huge cap hits, even though the Flyers have cap space for what feels like the first time in forever. Mm -hmm. Um that aren't going to, they're going to be like somewhere between a third and fifth round pick. Think of like a few years ago when the Flyers were unloading Justin Braun to New York for like a, right. whatever it was, like those types of deals. Right. Like you could see something small like that develop where the Flyers then, you know, Danny Briere and Keith Jones are like, hey, I, you know, I want to reward these guys for how hard they've worked this year in the position that they put themselves in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I was watching you uh, a couple of days ago. Um, you were talking about uh, the playoffs and the teams that are in place. You you have a feeling that's the way it's going to finish. Uh, yeah, I, I – look, I, I hold out some hope, I guess you'd call it, or I have to, you have to allow for the possibility that New Jersey gets their act together. Right. But 
if I were to, you know, if I were to bet right now, I'd say the eight teams that are in playoff spots right now are the eight teams you see drop the puck in mid-April. Wow. Well, and it, it's crazy to think that the Flyers are in that spot. Yeah. I know. I was going to ask you that. If, if you know, at the beginning of the season, I know we thought they would be better getting Coots back, but we also didn't know if Coots was going to be able to play as Would much he as hold he up as well as he has? How would his game be after right. missing so much time? But it's not just him. Like, Atkinson had a huge, you know, sort of bounce back. And, yeah. and then, but you also took off a bunch of guys. Like, you took off Provorov. You yeah. took off Hayes. Like, and it was really, you know, I think it's in a in a crappy way, but like the fact that you know John Tortorella has been out as recently as last week, saying, "Hey, we had to remove guys from our team for culture." Yeah, I mean, it, you can tell who they're pointing at based on who isn't back, but right. and I don't think all of that's fair. But what I would say is like clearly something is different. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, the energy is certainly different, and you, you add some more like flyer s type of guys. You know Hathaway, uh, you know I think is fits the culture, and I think I love him. Yeah, he's me such too. a good add. And Sealer, Sealer, like, yeah, Sealer is like I think that's the guy you resign. Yeah, and you you know give him a throw him a bone. He's on a two way contract this year. It's unbelievable. I know, throw it's him hard a bone. There's a guy that almost quit hockey two years ago, three years ago. Yep, and is now not just playing the best hockey of his career, but playing impactful yeah. minutes yeah. for this team that. I, you know, I call him the human nail gun. Like, yeah, he, he dude, he yeah. is tough. 100%. Yeah, he is. And he represents Flyers, his culture, obviously, to, to a T. And a great guy to boot. Yeah, everyone I mean, really likes great, having him around. Great yeah. Guy. And then you got a couple of young guys, like, I think, like, Sanheim, obviously. Like, some of these guys have just stepped their games up and maybe just, maybe just taking time to buy into the system or find, you know, not a young guy themselves. anymore. Not a young yeah, guy, I know. He's an old guy now. He is an old guy now. He was a first round pick uh, 11 years ago. Is it that long ago? Jeez, hey, hard to believe. Yeah, I went to because wow. the Flyers picked him oh, and he here. was playing for Calgary. Wasn't it here? Wasn't that the draft that was in Philly? Uh, no. Yeah, was it? I well, anyway, I, they picked him from Calgary. He played for the Hitmen. That's right. Yeah. And we, we were out there the next year on a road trip, and I went to a couple of his games and saw him play, and I was yeah. like, oh, man, this kid could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. He was playing major minutes there, and yeah. he's been – He's been great. Yeah. I mean, I had a chance to coach him uh, for well, at least two, maybe three years down in, in Lehigh. And Another really good kid. Yeah, a really good kid. And you talk about just like just like the process and, and how sometimes it takes a little longer for guys to physically mature. And then what comes along with that is like the, the mental maturity, right? Just like knowing your limitations, you know, because guys, again, to what you're talking about with lots, you play so many minutes in juniors, you're carrying the puck all the time. You're always in these situations to produce. And then all of a sudden you're no longer in these situations anymore. And it's tough, you know, mentally. But I think like this year specifically, I think like Sanheim, just like he's like a horse, man. He, mm-hmm. And he always, and he has been. But, you know, some Playing of these guys of are just like kind of like, I don't know, found themselves, I guess you could say, kind of come into their own fully maybe. And and, and they've done and it without find. Carter Hart now. Yeah, like I know. Sam yeah. Erson has been a good find. And yep. yep, I agree. I also just think, I think unquestionably John Tortorella is a good coach. Yeah. I, now, I hold the belief that I still think he's the wrong coach for this team and where they are. And by that, I mean, I think he's going to make them better than they should be. That's like that's the true mark of a good coach, right? Someone right. that gets a hundred and he squeezes out every drop that you possibly can, and that's why they're going to finish fifteen points higher than they should. Yeah. 
just on pure talent alone. Like you size the Flyers up against all these other teams, even New Jersey who's going to maybe miss. Their playoff chances are under 50% now. I know they've had injuries, but still. Yeah. Jack Hughes, Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, like the Flyers don't have anything close to that top end talent. Right. Right. Do you think he's peaking a little, say, getting them to peak a little early, basically, like squeezing every ounce out of them and then, like, and then the shelf life lands up expiring? Well, early? it's not so much the shelf life because I also think part of that's overblown. Um, like, why can't he coach this team for 10 years if he wanted to? Like, he, I think he could. But my point is now the Flyers draft pick that they have is going to be in the 20s where it should be in the, you know, okay, I got what you're five, yeah, six yeah. range. And yeah. you're just dealing with... Just overachieving. Basically, all you're doing is extending the timeline yeah. that it's going to take you to compete. And that, and when I mean compete, I don't mean make the playoffs. Right. Because I, the way I view it, and perhaps it's too simplistic in, in my approach, but it's there's only one question for an NHL team to answer at the beginning of a season or even at the midway point, and it's, are you a threat to win the Stanley Cup? Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't like even with the Flyers getting in. I don't think anyone. You guys are loyalists. You watch the team on a nightly basis. I don't. Would you answer yes? To, to go the distance. Are they? Or? Are they? Are they a threat to win the Stanley Cup? No, I don't, I don't think so. So in the meantime, are you just? What are you? What are you doing? I call it like, uh, you know, to be, you know, whatever. It's you're essentially playing with yourself. Yeah. You're yeah. telling yourself that you're, you know, you're you're basically delaying the process yeah. to really get down to the bottom of it, which yeah. is really trying to acquire as many young, impactful Matvey Michkov type pieces. Yeah, right. I guess it's challenging to to what you're what you're you're getting to there is that like you're trying to build an identity and a culture, right? It's, and in the meantime, it feels really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you're building this like this engine. Right. You know, you're getting the fans back, you know, the buzz is back. And that part I think is important, by it, the way. It, yeah. This market, and we so. talked you about have this to have that. last time I was in, this market, it, it's, it actually has really bothered me as a, you know, proud Philadelphian that had spent a lot of time around this team that they lost their way in yeah. this market and that fans were not, they don't care and weren't showing up. Yeah. Right. That, that part has been time. really important. Yeah. So I get that's part of the reason why I think they're also a little bit conflicted at this deadline, yeah. which is like, we don't want to send the wrong message. Exactly. And, But I thought there was an important inflection point this week, specifically on social media, where someone reported, hey, you know, if the Flyers don't get what they're looking for for Sean Walker, that they're going to keep him. And the fans, like, they were like, whoa, wait a second here. Like, what are we really doing here? Like you gotta trade Sean Walker. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the spot where you're the GM. That's why you make that money, I guess, because you got to make those decisions. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you. It's you're probably gonna do whatever you're gonna do anyway with 20 games left. Right. How much? The going back to the percentage chance I was talking about with Scott Lawton, if the Flyers have a. 13% chance to win round one. I'm just hypothetically making up a number out of thin air. Does having Sean Walker decrease that by how many? Right. If yeah. any. Yeah. Maybe just take good what point. you can get. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably ultimately what they will do. Yeah. But you can understand why the conversation is interesting and nuanced and right. has a lot of layers to it. Yeah, right. 
Well, because a guy like Walker, too, I think surprised a lot of people, right? I don't think a lot of fans knew yeah. what they were getting. And then cool. he's kind of, I don't he say over He was a cap dump from L.A. Yeah. Who was a healthy scratch in the playoffs last year. And I'm not saying he can't be, you know, an impactful piece. But my point is, you also have to remember what he was. Right. You have to remember that he's in his mid-20s. Mm-hmm. He's a pending free agent. And he's someone that is looking for, at least according to some reports, $5 million a year mm. times wow. however many years. And then you go, okay, well, maybe we got this guy for basically free. Yeah. We should cash in while we can. Yeah. Instead of being locked up with someone who, he's a really good skater, so I don't think his wheels are going to fall off. But how good is he really? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Um, you're talking about the Devils a, a minute ago. Uh, Markstrom, are they like going at it hard to try to get? Because Calgary had you have like I think three guys in your top ten. Yeah. on your list from them. They, and everything's revolving around Calgary this year. Yeah. And their year has been really disappointing, you know, by their own standards too, because they were thinking they were going to be bounced back and be a playoff team this year. Um, I think it's a long shot for the Devils and Flames to work it out, to rekindle it. I think they had gotten really far down the track. Obviously, they really, you know, like Markstrom, and I think they crave stability in their in net. Like the fact that they're – 30th to 32nd place in save percentage, you know, for a few years in a row now, it's a really tough spot to yeah. be in when your roster is that talented. Um, so I, I've, it's, it's obvious they want to do something. Markstrom makes sense as a target. And the fact that he has two years left on his deal. But I think part of the reason the deal fell apart was there was a disagreement on how much the flames would be retaining in salary. Okay. And that's, kind of you know i think they had gotten pretty far down the path and then it blew up so not to say it can't because there's still a couple weeks left and my other point would be like where else is new jersey going to get a goalie that they really like yeah but it's it's also been two weeks since that happened so okay yeah maybe gibby (laughs) (laughs) too soon (laughs) too soon too soon (laughs) oh my god Um, oh man so uh you hear anything on Jake Gensel? Yeah, and maybe Riley Smith as well because I know he's a, he's he only had one year, right? Like, he has one he, year left. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. One year left. So with Gensel, like I, I mean, I think the Pens are out of it. They're nine points back. Yeah. I know they have yeah. some games in hand, but I think they're you know second straight season having Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and now Eric Carlson, and you miss, and all those guys were healthy. Yeah. Probably some significant changes are in order. And right. Gensel, they don't have a first-round pick this year. They traded it for Carlson. They need wow. to reboot. They need assets. Yeah. And Gensel is an elite piece yeah. that you could trade to really jumpstart that. And so I, they're seriously considering it. He's out until after the deadline. I don't think his injury is going to diminish his trade value like i think teams that have seen him they're like okay we can get from mid-march till the last first time or what uh (laughs) they're gonna get from mid-march all the way till mid-april and that then they're gonna get an entire playoff run so they know what jake Ensel is right? right they're not gonna have to you know think about it so um i think that part 
I, I would say there's like a really good chance, 70 plus percent chance that yeah. Gensel's on the move. Hmm. And with Riley Smith, he just hasn't fit. Right. And they didn't really give up much to get him, only a third round pick. Now they have the opportunity to retain salary. Vegas had Mark Stone go down. He's going to be out for, quote, a while, is what their team is saying. And that leaves them some $9.5 million to play with. And also a team that was already looking for wingers. Just bring Riley Smith back. You know he works. Right, right. So that, that, I mean, it's not rocket science on my part to put those you know pieces together to yeah. connect the dots, but that one seems to make a lot of sense to me. What about a guy like Malkin? Do you, do you see a guy like that being moved? I mean, it's, it's the term on his deal, right? Yeah, it's just tough and to he's move just that not. Head. He's a big guy that just isn't moving as well as he was, right. and that's that's really hard. Yeah, yeah. But all those guys, I think, are in big. Tra- like, what do you do with Carlson now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got to sit on it. No, you he's can't. got ten million bucks for three more years. Yeah. San yeah. Jose was just. They were lucky to get off of him and and move that deal, and now Pittsburgh took a big swing, and it's going to set them back a bit. Yeah. Right. Well, Riley was asking her before you got here. Do you think San Jose's their sellers? <laughs> if you can come up with if you can come up with the plan for San Jose, you, you let me know. Tell me what they're up to, because I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Well, neither do we. We're, we're, it's why we're like they they were trading for players last summer. Like they brought in Duclair, and like, yeah. I was like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Are you Never trying like, to get worse, or are you yeah, trying well, to get better? It, right? like, what, yeah. like, you have there. So the last five years, San Jose, their average finish. Do you want to guess what it is? Twenty seventh. Wow. Wow. Hey. Five years. Five years. And they still have Couture, Hurdle. Like they still have Vlasic. Yeah. They've got all these big contracts that they've retained on two of them, and they're linked locked up for another couple of years. Burns and now Carlson. Oh yeah. Jeez. They only have one slot left. So who are you going to retain on? Wow. To move them out. If it's if it's Couture, then hurdle stuck yeah and if it's the other way around couture is stuck and then no one's taking vlasic wow yeah they're and they're already awful yeah Yeah, i know right they're bad wow no prospects really outside of shakir mukamadoulin who's been pretty good but they're in a tough spot (laughs) i I talked to a couple players on that team this year that were like doesn't even feel like we play in the nhl really that's that's they're getting eight seven eight thousand in that arena and, yeah. and it's wow they're in then forever that was a great place yeah, to yeah, go to a was. game always packed right on top of you there too yeah. it's such an old building you know wow it's a shame yeah that's a tough one to that team was for 25 years was like among the very best in the league right yeah, yeah for sure deliberate implosion yeah um you hear anything uh well we're gonna ask you about yarmo and columbus for one about uh did you think that was the time? Long overdue. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah it'd not be a mean, but yeah, long overdue. You dodge your full bu- bullets there. I can't believe um, how long he stayed employed. Like, if you are an up-and-coming executive, that might be the best job in the league. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Not only do you step in with unbelievable prospects, Fantilli, Juracek, Matejchuk, Ken Johnson – Go through the Cole Sillinger, go through the whole list. Like it's and they've got I liked Daniel Tarasov and Nat. Like 
great p- young pieces. And then you get an owner who's like, ah, you want a job for 11 years? Yeah, right. <laughs> you only yeah. need How to win one happen? round. You can get 11 years. You can. Yeah. So everyone always asks, they say like, what is, what's, what's every GM in the league trying to accomplish? And you'd, you'd probably answer like to win a Stanley cup. Right. And it's like, no, they're trying to keep their job. Yeah. And there's only very few that I actually go for it. And it's amazing that he was able to work for that long. Could draft like nobody's business. Yeah. Great scout. Can't develop. And then every time you turn around, it was like, but we're Columbus. No one likes us. Like, well, no, you, you got Johnny Gaudreau to sign there. Yeah. You got Erica Branson to sign there. Go through the, like, they've had plenty of players that have come through there that have been good. Yeah, for sure. What's the excuse? Stop it with the excuses. Columbus is, it's not a terrible place. It's not, it's not at the top of everyone's list, but like, I can think of way worse. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. For sure. Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so how does a guy like that hang around for 11 years then? Like, I mean, the, no one kicks around in that position for, for 11 years. And especially after a move like Babs and, you know what I mean? There's well, a few that, that was like, when he should have, yeah, should have just done thought. it right then. That, that's I mean, what I how do you survive happen. that is the question. When you were given a clear directive this year, need to make the playoffs, and your coach doesn't make it to training camp, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, right. a tough look. It's a tough start. It just <laughs> it's a is tough start, boys. <laughs> not the not the start we were looking for. Did, but fact, didn't make it. Didn't make it to camp. You <laughs> <laughs> had a dinner. Yeah, yeah. you had, you had guys dinner. over in your backyard and looked through their phone, and I was like, oh. a little pregame barbecue. That's it. Just ask Tommy. <laughs> we got Tommy's thoughts on that, right? <laughs> Like oh my god! Jeez. Oh man. Um, Provi, any any rumors of him getting traded or? He's on my list because teams have called, but my guess, and I don't. This is me just putting the pieces together. Is that they're gonna leave a big decision like that to whoever the next GM is? Gotcha. Because they did give up a considerable amount to get him a first and a second, and you know he's been okay. He hasn't been great. But their team is in a spot where they're going to need as much talent as they can. I think they're going to need some guys to really help bring along Juracek and Matejchuk. That you know, you've got Warensky there. A couple of those other guys, uh, Bean, Bokvist, and Peak. Like at least one of them is trending towards a buyout. Like they're going to need some vets there to help bring the next you know crop along. Up, yeah. And he's still got two, you know, he's got two years left at 4.75 with the money that the Kings retained that I think Provorov could be a really attractive piece next year. Hmm. Like, I don't think his value between this year to next year is going to be that much different. Right. Right. Let the new guy decide, right? Yeah. Don't don't be the interim guy that's, like, unloading all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Our buddy, uh, Tony D'Angelo, you hear anything? Uh, Poor Tony D, man. He's he has been in one this year. Yeah. Um. He stepped back into the lineup this week with Chatfield being out, and he's gotten a raw deal. I think there. Like I think he's been, you know, with what he's gone through the, you know, the two buyouts. I think he's in a spot where it's made it tough for teams to go after him and. You know, he goes back to Carolina where he had so much success, 
Rod Brennamore convinces him, you know, they really roll out the red carpet after that trade fell through with the Flyers. And like, come on, come here and sign here. And then they don't play him. Right. At one point, he was a scratch for 27 out of 32 as yeah, of today. That's crazy. He's only played four games in 2024, but he has 100 points the last two yeah. seasons. Yeah. 90 some points. Like, this is a really talented player that. I think needs a long runway in another city to help yeah. get a change of scenery and get him going yeah. again. Because I think he's unquestionably a really good, talented NHL defenseman. And you were talking about earlier about defensemen being, you know, or not defensemen, but cheap trade pieces. He's free. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, the exactly. Canes are basically just like put together something that takes him off of our hands. Yeah. And that's not materializing. But you mean to tell me that. I don't know, pick a team with a bad power play, Winnipeg or someone. Yeah, right. You can't use Tony D on your blue line. Right. The Leafs power play. Well, is, I heard the Leafs are The Leafs tires. power play got better with Morgan Riley out. Yeah. They haven't lost, have tw- they? They went 5-0, and, and their power play went to 44% without Riley there. That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. Why can't, for free, you can't use another body like Tony D? Right, right. But apparently the Leafs are a no-go. Yeah. Really? The funniest thing on that one, I think Ball was saying before, they're twenty-two and one with Riley out of the lineup. Twenty, yeah, twenty-two and one is. Think about that. Like, how is that? How's that possible? How is that even possible? When does it become just a weird stat, and when is it a thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's coincidence, right? I mean, they're almost playing nine hundred hockey, and with him, I think they're in the low sixes. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around. But going back to Tony D, there, like everyone knows he's highly offensive, and everyone knows that his. You know his, I guess you could say his his low points are his defensive defensive zone and his lack of ability to play solid defense. Where so when another team is talking about a guy like Tony D, is it is it is defense that bad or is it more the 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 fluff around maybe his attitude and how he is as a teammate that well, that's the turn the more the deterrent. Honestly, I think part of it is PR and spin. Right. What does social media say? What do people think? Yeah. And I haven't had a teammate yet say anything bad about him. Right. New York, anywhere he's been, every, you know, I think with the Flyers, he was fine yeah. with yeah. with Carolina. Like, I've never, and in fact, all the reports I've gotten from coaches that have had him, managers that have had him, it's all been really positive. So I think part of it is just public perception, which right. is a really unfortunate yeah. that that's something that is impacting team decision-making. And part of it is just like teams are like, I'd just rather, if I could get an equal player for the same, I'd rather not have the headache. Right. Yeah. But I do think if we're, you know, if we're being honest, he would admit to you that there have been various, you know, missteps along the way where he's been probably his own worst enemy. Well, right. he said that. Yeah. yeah it's not that he. It's haunting him a little bit still. Yeah. Obviously. I think part of it is reputation. Yeah. And then part of it is just. He's a competitor, and he wants to win, and he, he really wants to play. Yeah, he does. So when things don't go his way, you know, maybe Wires he would hand, yeah, handle things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, to your point, like, you'd like to think that Winnipeg or some of these teams would would welcome a guy with that yeah, type of offensive right. Especially if they're struggling. Skill. Yeah, exactly. Like but, but again, Dallas, they, I mean, pick a team that their, play, their, their power play is just okay. Right. and just use him as a specialist if you don't like his defense. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I think there's plenty of room in the league for him, and I don't know why Carolina's taking such a hard stance with 
picking Chatfield over him. But do you think they're hanging on to him, Frank, for insurance? I think that's part of it too. Is that they've basically said, "Hey, like we, you know, we understand it's not working out for you here, but this Chatfield injury right now is a great example. Like, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen, and we are a team that has authentic Stanley Cup hopes that." Rather than go out and then have to trade for someone like you, right. it's easier yeah. to just keep you. Just keep you. Yeah. Which so you is not happy and it's not good for him. No, because, it's not good for him, no. Because part of the next thing that happens is when you don't play for most of the year, then you're not getting a contract. Well, that's it. Teams are like, hey, you can come in on a PTO. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants that. Nobody. Yeah. Not not a guy that has 100 points the last two seasons. That's right, yeah. Um, I think you had on – did you not have uh, Jacob Chikrin on your list? He's on there. Why, why is he on there again? What, what's the going Sens on? The Sens have too many left shot defensemen. Okay. They've got Sanderson and they've got Shabbat, and both those guys are making sixteen plus million dollars the next six years. Okay. So Chickering is going to need a contract this summer. Oh. Uh. He's fine for now, but really the key for the Sens is having to determine who's going to be here for the long haul, and yeah. when you're paying. I don't know what Chikrin's next deal is going to probably in the sevens, something like that, maybe even closer to eight. Are we going to really spend $24 million just on the left side of our D? Right. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. So they have value. They have surplus value there that they can seize upon. I don't think it's a guarantee that he's moved before the deadline, but I do think there's a really strong chance that he goes at the draft. At the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarasenko in Ottawa? I think they like him. Do they? Um, that's my understanding. I don't know what happened. He just changed agents again. This is his second one in seven months. He went mm, with yeah. Brady Kachuk's uncle. And I don't know if he's trying to get out of there, if he's trying to re-sign there. But he's in the last year of his deal. He's got the full no trade. Mm. His son has been playing youth hockey in Ottawa. I think they've liked that part of it. And I think, honestly, the Sens have liked having him around. I was told, and I, I don't know if it's – I only hear from one person or whatever, but I don't know if it's accurate, but that the Sens really liked the voice that he had provided and and Claude Giroux. Yeah. So they were yeah. – they liked having him around and felt like he had contributed. Well, that's, that's cool. I, I That's interesting because I was just thinking because he's, you know, freezer, but maybe they do something. I don't know. I don't know how much He's also not going to be super expensive to acquire, I don't think. Like, right. he'd be a decent – Trade deadline ad for someone. Right. Right. We touched on uh, Toronto a little bit there when you're talking about Riley. Do you see them doing anything? I think they're in a really tough spot. Yeah. I think on the one hand, they feel like they need to add because they've got Matthews having a 70-plus goal season. They've got such an expensive crop of forwards that it's really chewing up their cap, and they're also in the prime and heart of their careers. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, they're like at least two, maybe three defensemen short. And their bottom six hasn't done anything all year. Mm -hmm. And they have questions in net. So you've got three hugely problematic areas. You don't have a first-round pick for a while. Or you do, but then you've you've traded a bunch away, essentially. Um, How do you... How do you fill all those holes at once? Yeah. yeah. You probably can't. So then do you take a step back and you say, okay, this maybe this just isn't our year. Yeah. Is that an acceptable stance to take when you have Matthews having the year that he is? <sighs> in Toronto. Not in Toronto. I mean, I know, right? 
could be. That's a really a tough break loose. Yeah, tough scenario to yeah. walk into if you're yeah. a GM. You have no. You have a couple good prospects that you don't want to trade. You've got very limited picks. You have no second round pick this year. Like you can't go add Tanev because you don't have a second. Right. 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 I, I think they're in a really difficult spot, but I think watching them go five and zero without Morgan Riley, that maybe that makes you say, "Hey, like we got something here. Maybe we have a little, you know, more juice than we thought we would." Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about uh, Tampa? Do you see them doing anything? So they're working hard on the defense market. Yeah. Um, the belief is that Noah Hannafin had signaled to Calgary that if he had a choice, that's the place he would like to sign. And so the problem with Tampa is they don't have a first-round pick until 2026. Oh, wow. If you're Calgary, you go, okay, we're embarking on what's like a two- to three-year rebuild here. 2026 like yeah when are we expecting that guy to help us in 2029 yeah, yeah right. True. Exactly. that's a hard place to be in unless you think tampa's gonna stink in 2026 and you're like oh maybe we could get a really good pick that's like you're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers yeah, yeah. Right. that's a hard calculation to make but short of that i don't know how tampa pulls it off they don't have prospects to send like they don't who are you taking off your roster that's going to make your team better? Yeah. I think Tampa, Boston, there's a few teams that really want to be in the mix that just don't have the goods to do it. And I yeah. would include Toronto in there too. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a yeah a tough situation for these teams. You you obviously want to add, but you don't really have a whole lot to work with. And I guess that's always the challenge going to the trade deadline, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> doing simple math. I think you can't be in everything every year. It's it. Right. You have to pick your spots. You have to choose wisely. I really admire Carolina. People call Carolina cheap. They say their owner's stingy. I'm like, no, I think he's got it. In my opinion, I think he's got it right. You want to be as competitive as you can for 10 years. You want 10 shots at winning the Stanley Cup. Right. Don't Every time you trade away a first-round pick, you're taking a year off. Totally. And... And eventually, Pittsburgh has had an unbelievable run. If you were talking to Flyers fans and you said, would you take 15 years of dominance and three Stanley Cups to be really bad for the next 10 years after? Like last place in the league, would you do it? Would you take the three Cups? If I was there, I'd yeah, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, but I'm saying if you're a Flyers yeah, fan yeah. now, would you? Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you? How do you not? Yeah. To me, I mean, I would take them. Of course, I mean they haven't. Have, yeah, I was going to say they haven't won since '75. Yeah, of course, hundred percent. You're right. It's three too. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I think. Yeah, but I'm now like, they're going to be the worst team in the league for ten years. I think that long, hey? I mean, maybe unless the Sharks get in there. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But oh, honestly, they they have nothing that. to speak of. Right. Yeah, I know. And yeah. some people are saying, "Well, we'll just sign Jake Gensel." And I'm like, "What for six years of that deal to be the wor- the best player on the worst team?" Yeah, yeah for sure. Jeez. I don't know. Yeah, it might take a few generations that, to to that, their draft and their Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, your franchise around. Take. Well, and you got to get or will that ever happen? Luck. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, it for sure. Not just with that weird lottery that they had that year because it was the lockout year with Crosby, but also just think about in three is three drafts. I think either three drafts in a row or three drafts in four. They went Flurry, Malkin, Crosby. Wow. Yeah. Or Flurry, Crosby, that. Malkin. Some order like it's yeah. crazy. Who who does that? Yeah. That's like a Dallas Stars type. 
draft. They got Ottinger, Robertson, and Haskinen in one draft in three rounds. Yeah, That's I know. Heard of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'll impressive. set you up for yeah, exactly. 10 years, right. yeah, yeah. 15 years. 100%. And that's why I like Dallas to win the cup. There you I go. Was ask you yeah. your pick. That that's what I picked at the start of the year. So okay. I'm going to stick with stick it. With it. I think their game is heavy. I think it translates really well to the playoffs, and I think they're going to be one of those teams that improves just a little bit at the deadline. So you think they'll be trying to pick something up? Yeah, I think they were really deep in on Chris Tanev. Yeah, and that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, blocks a lot of shots. He's second yeah. in the league. The Stars are 22nd in the league in block shots. Add a different wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of toughness. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Any sleepers? Any teams laying in the weeds potentially coming out of the woodworks? I'd have to think the Kings get better because I do think there's a lot of talent there. But, man, they've had some weird games this year. Losing to the Sabres 7-0. Yeah. They're a hard team to figure out. I had them in terms of, like, you know, being one of those elite teams in the West, I don't right now. I don't think they can make any noise, but I do think Minnesota gets the eighth seed in the West. They've been hot lately. Yeah, just I think they like there's something there. Like their coaching change has been their record's really good, and I think they were just dealing with so many injuries at one time that they've got a lot. They had a lot to figure out, and sleepers in the East. Um, I mean, I just think the East is wide open. Yeah. I, I like to me right now, Florida's the team to beat in the East, but I think the Rangers are also getting a little bit scary. Yeah. Shesterkin's back. Yeah. He's been really good since he took that week off to work with Benoit Allaire. Yeah. And I think if he's at like Shesterkin normal levels and then quick stays as good as he's been, yeah. Chris Drury's usually pretty aggressive. You've got a center to go out and get. Uh, so I think they were one of the teams that's been in on Scott Lawton. Yeah. But they could just as easily get Henrique or get someone else. You get a center, and then with the Blake Wheeler injury, you've got an yeah. opening on your right side. I mean, they could go out and get anyone yeah, to help right. on that wing. Like, yeah. they, they could be a really dangerous team. I love their defense. Yeah. Fox, Truba, I love Braden Schneider. Like mm-hmm. they've got really good P I think they've got the best right side D in any in the NHL. Yeah. Oh. So I, I like and and, and Lavi's a yeah. he's a playoff guy. He's he I is, was oh, gonna yeah. say his first two two years anywhere are always pretty pretty yeah. good and he's he's done a great job there. Twenty ten was special, man. Yeah, yeah that was, was awesome. I was just gonna say the other day I, I got a chuckle out of him. He finally won an outdoor game, which I'm sure Did you, you see know that? that somebody he was, up he was, was yeah. just so jacked. Man. Somebody chirped him before the game. Did you see that? Go no. the, in the press conference. Did you tell me that? So, oh someone told me that last night I think someone. they said the Rangers are four and oh and you're oh three and one. Yeah. <laughs> and he said thanks. <laughs> so he he noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. No, he's oh, pumped. But now great. the Rangers are five and oh yeah, yeah, five and zero. He finally got one. That was good. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask. That was what I, the last thing I was gonna ask your cup pick. But you like Dallas Stars, which makes sense for sure. I just think and, the West is such a meat grinder this year. Like, there's six. I think really, really good teams. Yeah. Van Vegas, Edmonton, and one side. Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg on the other. 
at least two of those teams are losing in the first round, and that is gonna suck. Yeah, yeah that sucks. Do you, do you uh, have you heard anything of Phil the Thrill? Is he gonna end up signing with Van? <sighs> I would have said yes, but the fact that it's dragged on a week, yeah, is surprising me a little bit. They what? said they wanted it to be quick, like they were thinking like two to three days. Yeah, and I don't know if they thought that his you know skating or whatever wasn't up to snuff, but. It makes sense. I mean, he's free first off for the most. Like, you don't have to give up anything to get him. Yeah. Right. And they obviously like him. Like, talk, the talking connection. Him, yeah. But yeah. also, Jim Rutherford, like, they, right. they believe in him. Like, I have doubt. Like, I have my doubts just because Vegas went 18 games last year where they said, you're a healthy scratch. Yeah. I mean, when they tell you they don't need you in their lineup, it's probably a pretty good, and they win the cup. It's a pretty good indication that time may have passed you by. Yeah. yeah. Or we had Johnny Stevens in, and he he said he was, I don't know, I don't want to say surprised, but he was, like, happy of the fact that he said Phil was great when he wasn't playing. He was really good with the, the other black aces. And, I can and, see that. And that. Yeah. Um, Everyone likes Phil. Oh, yeah, he's a funny. He's so funny. Did you have him in the Olympics? Yeah, I had him. Uh, I, call, I had a world championship a couple times and in the Olympics. Um, and he's, he makes me laugh. I, I'm he's not around with him quite a bit. unique guy. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, you got his brother. Yeah. Yeah, Blake. Yeah. Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Adirondack. That's right. Wasn't yeah. quite as good as we didn't didn't quite skate as well as no, Phil. No. Like Phil. <laughs> squat a lot though. Yeah. Yeah. So could Phil on flip flops. Yeah. He said he broke all the records. Yeah. I keep well, that's the one thing that kind of bothered me about the coverage. Remember there was that bullshit about Phil a few years ago about the hot dog card in Toronto? Yeah. Like the guys were saying, Phil was always winning the physical yeah. testing. Like he was always the most in shape guy. In flip and then they're like, in flip flops, they're like, yeah. oh yeah, but he's look at him, his body fat, his body type. Like who cares? Who cares, man? Yeah, exactly. If you're dominating on the ice and you're dominating in the fitness test, I mean, it's like he's doing. He's obviously doing something right. He's explosive, yeah. and I'm sure a couple yeah. of Shane shows is not gonna. Take away that power explosion. No? He did it for, he's done it for a while. Yeah. We'll see if he's got any gas in the tank. Here. Yeah. Keep what a career, though. The Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. how do you play that Stanley many games? Cups, I mean, like, it's, an, yeah. it's an elite career. It's a borderline Hall of Fame career. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Coach Chippy makes me laugh when he does the fill. Oh, Wait, yeah. you watch Three Coach Chippy? Oh, yeah. oh, on on, uh, oh yeah, he did win. I guess the third one would be Vegas. Like, yeah, because yeah, it has him act like he's talking to Connor McDavid. Yeah. And he's like, three cups, three cups, Connor. Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe you're a Coach Chippy guy. I, well, I just see it on my feed. Oh. My kid thinks it's hilarious. So we were talk- I, I, that, so that's, that's what everyone's saying, like, no self-respecting adult likes Coach Chippy, <laughs> but but all of the kids love Ch- Coach yeah, Chippy. Yeah, well, I saw, I see it. I saw because he, I saw him on the ice at the for the Creators game at at the uh, stadium series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out there gliding around in his Coach Chippy who, jersey. Who oh, told that's us great. He plays, he plays men's league with him. Oh, he that was uh, that Brady Leobold. Yeah, Brady plays men's league with him or something. Or yeah, meets with him every week. Muskoka yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Coach Chippy. Yeah. Coach Chippy. He's pretty funny. Just cranking out the content. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Getting yeah, YouTube is. subs like you and I can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, any, any other scoops you want to yeah. mention? Or no, it's, cover it's a the... thin market, I think. Yeah. That's the unfortunate part is like usually there's a couple really spicy names. Like the fact that Gensel's not playing, it kind of like takes a little juice out of it. But yeah. Calgary's right there. They're going to be moving a bunch of guys and – I hope they just save a few for deadline day itself. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. March eighth, we got our show. Four hours. Four hours. Eleven to three. Uh, so we'll take you through the deadline. Head Perfect. on over to Daily Face Off. Beautiful. Yes, definitely. Shameless, do that. shameless plug. No, 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 no we definitely. We'll, we'll we'll plug that as you well. You hear anything about Risto or Frost? Nope. I think the Risto injury was, you know, that didn't help. But also, like, I I think part of that was the Flyers wanting to generate some interest on Risto Line, and I think they know it's in their best interest to try and get out from under that contract if they can. And Frost has played a lot better. Yeah. He's been really good the last, you know, I'd say six weeks-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like it was right around that game. It was like parents, uh, the, the dad's trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think he played in Toronto. It was a day game, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been really good since then. And... I think they need more guys like him. I love Frosty. Yeah, he's man. crafty. He's like cr- but he's he's crafty, but he's the right age. He's yep. the right like he's homegrown. Like there's a yeah, lot right. of facets to him that I think they're better off keeping. And I haven't heard anything. Like, I don't think they're actively trying to move him. Mm. But if someone calls, I'm sure that's a different yeah. story. Yeah, right. Well, he seems to be coming into his own and finding that confidence and yeah. being able to play under torts. That's so been a rocky of, road because yeah. I don't think they've seen eye to eye. And I think he was really frustrated with the healthy scratchings this mm-hmm. year and the sure. the benching. And, uh, you know, he'd been called out a couple times publicly. Yeah. And I think it took something for him to go back at Torts privately right. that all of a sudden it was like he kind of respected that. And yeah. Was like, hey, let's, you know, let's see if we can reboot this. Yeah, yeah. he's responded well. Not many guys. Some coaches like probably that. do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Some yeah. coaches like you to get you know get in their face and give it to you a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that is. Like, why does it need to get to that point? Yeah, but right. It's a good point too. <laughs> yeah, well, they like to just just push the buttons and just. We are all adults here. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Just well, we've heard a few guys talk about coaches like that. They just they almost like get off on that. Like they they well, Mike Keenan for Mike sure. Mike Keenan for Loved sure. It. Yeah. But yeah, I think Torres really, is one of those guys. You yeah. can't wait till you push you hard enough that you come back in the in the office guns a blazing and yeah we've heard speak your mind those, yeah a few of those stories last you a pat on the years. back get, yeah get you back out there that's probably in some ways part of that's healthy too yeah I think. right give and take that's how teams work yeah nothing's ever sure. really perfect some guys are you know no matter what the situation is someone's always unhappy that's the truth yeah and sometimes it takes a little conversation yeah. Well, even like a little bit off topic, but you know, this the Super Bowl with with Travis Kelsey and that play on the sidelines when he's going at Andy Reid. You know, Grab I mean, people would be like, "Whoa, you, you can't do that!" And it probably crossed the line. You'd be bumping your coach offline like that. But I like, think it did. I th- probably crossed the line. But <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I think like the essence of what he was trying to communicate to his coach was was wholesome. It wasn't like you know, fuck you. You know, yeah, you want to be out there. And you hear the conversation after between Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, and there's like a an amazing kinship and, and friendship there, right? And relationship between the two. It wasn't I think like a Taylor what? radioed down and told him to snap. <laughs> yeah. Go snap and knock Andy Reid off the line. But yeah. but well, part uh, of that is I think Frost was missing any sort of fire in his game. Yeah, right, right. exactly. That it was almost like he needed it to come out to like Yeah. Uh, like get it off his chest a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it seems like he's been different. Yeah, I agree. And I wasn't yeah. comparing but, uh, so it's always, no, to no, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's always – the point I was making is it's easier to take a guy like Kelsey who has a fire has burning a fire and try and tone it tone down, it down. Yeah, right. than to try and drag it out of frost. Exactly. And I think that part, maybe he needed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, a yeah. lot of those young guys needed that. 
seen that at the Phantoms. Like, you, yeah. the guys got the skill. They got a lot of the ingredients, but they just need that extra, extra jam that that Frank sometimes lays dormant. Yeah, right. Yeah, not everyone has it. No, can't That's teach right. it, man. You just gotta have it. You gotta have it. You gotta try to teach. That's I've a just special had a, ingredient. A fire for eating. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, All right, buddy, Frank. Well, yeah, we can't thank you enough, man. Yeah, Taking my pleasure. It's always great. good to see you guys. Busy yeah, time I appreciate of year you for making you. the trek yeah. to the studio. <laughs> so too. much better. Yeah, it's nice having you here. Agreed. Tell some stories before yeah. we get going. Yeah. But everybody tune in. March 8, 11 to 3. 11 to 3. We'll take you past the deadline. All right. We'll All have right. some scoops for you and our biggest show yet. There we nice. go. Nice. Be watching for sure. Thanks, Frank. Thank, thank you, guys. Thanks, bro. Big thank you to our friend Frank Cervalli. Yes. Popping on. Insider. Hopping in studio. In stude. In the stew. God. Always great insights. I can't imagine, like, the lack of sleep he gets trying to track all this stuff. My it's God. crazy. Chasing it's crazy. after people, too. Yeah. Getting scoops. Yeah. But he gets them. Just like you do. Yeah. Get the scoops. Inside. I just can't, I can't give away how I get them. No, that's right. No. But, uh. We gotta get Frank on a little more often. Get yeah, some, definitely. Get some insider trading. Yep. But uh, appreciate him hopping on, yeah, making the trek sure. over here. For sure. And it's that time, Nast. I think you're right. Yeah. It's time for it clear. Is that time. It is. Mm-hmm. You sure? One hundred percent. Okay. It's time for clear questions, my friend. Brought right. to you by Clear Rum. Go to clearrum.com/shop. Type in Nasty Twenty Twenty Three and get thirty five percent off of your order. PA residents only. Get on it. Delish. Delish. You've been on it. Oh, I've been on it a lot. All right, baller. Starting us off here, we got a buddy of yours, the Angry Flyers fan, Massimo. Oh, Oh, he's angry. He's asking, what's your favorite Ilya Brizgalov story? Oh, God. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man. I don't know if it's the tickle. Oh, oh yeah. or the or the when he would just I guess probably when he would scream my name from down the hallway. I know we talked about this when he was on the show and I would end up going down every time Nastia. and I said I wouldn't. Yeah, nasty and I'd go down and he'd ask me if he looked big today. Do I look big today? <laughs> yes, Briz. Okay. And turn around and walk off. I think that was one of my favorite things he would do, even though it was annoying sometimes. I, it made me laugh after the fact. Like, I keep walking down here to say that to him. Do you think it was actually reassuring him that he looks big? That is like a confidence booster I, of some sort? I don't know. I just, just like think he wanted fun. to fuck with me. Yeah. That's what I really think. Because yeah. I told you he would sit in my office in the morning and... I'm like on the phone trying to get shit done. He's like, you're not really talking. You're faking. I'm like, no. I'm, I'm actually, actually ordering equipment. I'm here. actually ordering some more of your gear. No, he was great, though. There's so many bris, but uh, that was probably my, one of my favorite things he would do yeah, is uh, ask me if he looked big today. We got Jack B over on Twitter. When's the Cote Carnival coming back? Oh, I remember those days. Swanky Bubs. Swanky Bubs. I think the place is long gone. That's long gone. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean the Cote Carnival's got to be no, gone. No, I think we got to recreate it. Yeah. Rebrand it a little bit. Yeah. Probably think replace the name Carnival with something a little cooler. A little cooler. Nonetheless, we could uh, we could definitely do something, but that was a good times. So we always had some good events, good yep. support by the boys. It was awesome. But I think we got to re- do something again and fire up a new type of charity. Yes. We will. Uh, yeah, we talked about we'll it. Do it. Someone else brought it up the other day, actually. So, P- 
appreciate the question. Bring it to front of the mind. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do something. Write it down, Debo. Write it down. Thank you. All right, we got one more. This one's from Colin Thompson, who oh. Riley was on his podcast this oh, week. Oh, Tomer. Yeah, Tomer. He's over on Twitter asking, love of the show, guys. The Flyers should look to add and subtract at the deadline, in his opinion. Who's a player you would add that would be a good fit for the short and long term of the team? Hmm. That's a tough, really tough question. Because yeah. there's not that many guys available that would be, well, I guess there would be probably more rentals, short term. Right. I don't even call them fixes. They're kind of just yeah. a little bit of a hole patching. I'm not sure you're going you're gonna to grab a guy at the deadline for a lo- the long term play. I mean, maybe. I've seen crazier things happen, but. Um, I'm not sure. It's a tough question. I got. I got to like think that one through a little bit more. I, I, yeah. I know like lots is lots. Scott Lawton's name keeps getting thrown around out there, right? And it's seems probably to be more for, than any. Probably more than any. Um, you know, more so for a pick. If there was a body in return, I'm not sure. It's it's in the long term rebuild. It's probably more of a, a short term right. thing. Uh, but. If, if 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 the question is is like do I think that they should go above and beyond and try and add and subtract? I mean, I mean, I, I would be happy with, with staying with the way with 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 what they, what they got and just yeah, you know, full steam well, ahead. We we've heard like obviously Nick Sealer's name brought up. I yeah. hate to lose a guy like that because everything he brings and and his his price isn't very high. That's it. And he's a guy that you know shows up every night. He eats pucks for dinner, yep. blocks everything, and, and is just a solid type player. And, you know, Sean Walker, we've heard him as well. So if you do subtract, well, then you are going to have to bring in, unless you're planning on bringing kids from Lehigh. But I think if you get rid of these guys, you're you're getting something in return. Yeah. Maybe it's draft picks. I, I'm not sure the way yeah. Danny and them are going to go about it. And there may be some things that we don't know yeah. that we're not expecting and I would I would think if you got if you trade Scotty Lawton, which I hate to see, unless he's going to a contender and has a real shot, um, because the like Baller was saying, Buffalo's like number one maybe. I would hate to see him go there. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, if you're going to trade Lawton, I'd like for him to have a chance to win, right? right. But um, if you get rid of a guy like that, I would think someone may come in to fill a hole. You know, you have a player from from somewhere. Yeah. And again, and I'm not sure that player is anything more than say a rental. A rental. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it, you know, long, the longer term vision is like they're they're positioning for that, right? Yeah. So it's like yes, if they exactly. move lost, it's not because they want to, right? But the return is obviously good enough that you know if it's a pick, you know, a first round pick. I mean, it seems yeah. like that's what the, the the asking price is, at least from what I understand. But um, yeah, I mean. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough question because the Flyers have gotten to where they are, just based on creating that identity and yes. sticking to a game plan and trusting the process. I mean, it, I guess the the price has to be extremely right for them to really do anything outside of the box, right? Um, but who knows? These yeah. GMs are creative, <laughs> you yeah. know. And if there's a, a nice piece somewhere else that's being dangled, who knows? Yeah. Like, we'll find out soon. Yeah, it's the truth. It's a great question, yeah, but really it, question. That's, it's a tough question, yeah. but it's, it's a really good one. But uh, I think that's a wrap. That's it. Clear questions in the books. Yes. Episode 148 in the books. Dunsky. Dunsky. What should everybody do? You should probably go to our YouTube page and subscribe. Yep. Go to our Instagram page, like, comment, ask a question or two. 
That'd be Same awesome. thing on Twitter. What do you think? I think they should do it. Everyone. Well, let's do it. Until <laughs> next week for 149. Be sure to check us out. And until then, stay safe, knuckleheads. See ya.